In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Jesus took aside the twelve and said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon, and after flogging him they will kill him. And on the third day he will rise. See, he says, See, how can they see what he's speaking of? What Jesus describes is unbelievable. This man whom the crowds have received, who has attracted the sick, the lame, the leprous, and the sinner, who speaks with authority, who will ride triumphant into Jerusalem with palm branches, this man too will be, as he says, crucified. Dead, buried, and on the third day runs. How can they see this? How can they believe it? And indeed, they did not. St. Luke records that they understood none of these things. The saying was hidden from them. They did not grasp what was said. But why not? See, he says. See. Everything that was written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. They should be able to see. For the prophets had already told them, but they did not grasp what the prophets, or now what the Son of David, said to them. That is to say, everything that had been written in days of old by Moses and by David and by the prophets, it all testifies to Jesus and namely to his work of saving his people from their sins. Think of what the psalmist would have you sing. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm redeemed, bought back your people. Now, we could, on surface, when we hear the psalm, say that God is just some kind of miracle worker, or he is powerful, or he is mighty. Which, which is, of course, what he says. He works wonders, and he has made known his might. But notice that the psalmist is careful to say that his might and his wonders is that he has redeemed his people. He has redeemed them with his arm. Now, who is the arm of God? Who sits at the Father's right hand? He has redeemed his people with his holy arm, with his Son, Jesus Christ. How has he worked wonders? How has he made his might known? He's done it by redeeming his people. You see how even that psalm, which on first glance maybe doesn't seem to speak of Christ, it does. And speaks of Christ saving, redeeming his people, purchasing and winning them back through his innocent suffering and death. So today, when Jesus said, see, he's giving the answer key, if you like, to understanding all scriptures. Understanding our Lord and grasping reality requires us to see. That is to say, God has to reveal to us who he is and what he has done. And he has done this most definitively by showing us his redemption. That is, by the cross and the grave in Easter morning. Our eyes there are opened to see Jesus' death and resurrection as the point 
the son of the scriptures, we see. And thus, faith is not blindness. It is knowledge and trust that is grounded upon seeing Jesus for who he is. And we see through what the eyewitnesses themselves saw, the fulfillment of the promises of God from days of old in his Son. Thus, seeing is believing, as it is said. To see is to know. I see, you say, which means I know, I understand. St. Thomas, as we hear after our Lord's resurrection, begged to see the Lord's wounds in the hands and in the side and to touch them. If only I put my hand there, I will believe. Believing is a physical thing. If Christ is not raised from the dead, as Paul teaches, our faith is in vain. To believe that Jesus has forgiven your sins requires that Jesus truly died for your sins and that that was the acceptable sacrifice. If Christ still lay in the grave, then you know your sins are still yours. But to believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting requires you to see what the eyewitnesses saw, namely, to behold his glory, the resurrected glory of Christ, the glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. But wait a minute. (laughs) Jesus also says to Thomas, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. How do we see? Not in the way of Thomas. We see not with our eyes, but we see with our ears. We see through the eyes of the apostles, the women at the tomb, Philip and the eunuch, all the eyewitnesses. Their eyes are recorded for us in the scriptures. So we see with our ears. As one of my favorite professors called them, calls them our earballs. Our earballs. Thus we can say with all confidence, I see, I believe that Jesus Christ suffered, was crucified, and was buried. I believe he rose on the third day. I believe he rose into heaven. I believe because they saw. And now I see because they testify. Or as St. John the Evangelist says in chapter 19, he who saw it, referring to himself, has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. We have not seen, and yet we have, (laughs) and we believe. Therefore, our faith, our trust, is not blind. It fully sees the reality of Jesus, of our sin, of salvation. It has been revealed to us, illumined, lit up by God the Holy Spirit. Our eyes are open to see Jesus, to see him as he truly is through the eyes of the eyewitnesses. And this makes you unique. This is unlike every other claim to know the truth, at least religiously to believe in God or gods, but not really have any reason to believe in them. For all the rest of the world's religions, faith is some kind of idle belief, hopefulness perhaps, but not based upon reality, what was actually said and done and witnessed. The world is full of such blind faiths, 
You might even have come to believe in a baseless lie. I've heard it said this way, Pastor, that's just what I believe. As if you can believe something different than what God has said to you and be faithful. Pastor, that's just between me and God. Is it? Or rather, do you say, I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church? I believe what the apostles believed. I believe what they saw. Hmm. If your faith lacks any evidence, then it really is just empty and pointless, as Paul said. If your faith is not grounded upon what has been revealed to you by the holy prophets and evangelists and apostles, delivered to you by the holy Christian church, then actually you have no idea if it's true or not. You don't really see. So the evidence of faith cannot be by the inner workings of your mind or your heart. Faith is not first about what you feel or what you think or who you think you are. Rather, faith begins with what God has said about you, what he thinks of you, what he calls you, what he has done for you. The actor is God and his action, the actions are his. It comes outside of us, or as we learned in Bible class, objectively. And then it is seen by us. When they are heard and thus seen, then they are believed. Only then does faith work, <laughs> feelings and thoughts and identity, love. But all of this is grounded in the objective truth, Jesus. So it seems that maybe our gospel, those two lessons, which are not connected, actually are. Because after Jesus, or after uh, Luke records that they did not understand these things, it was hidden from them. They were blind to what Jesus said. Then Jesus drew near to Jericho, and a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. You see, immediately after Jesus testified to the blindness, the lack of seeing of the twelve, then St. Luke records Jesus opening the eyes of a blind man. No coincidence. Three times Jesus has told his disciples that he is going to go to Jerusalem and die. Nine chapters previous, he had said, let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But nine chapters before, as today, they did not understand what he was saying. And only after his resurrection, and really after the gift of the Spirit, Pentecost, will they see that he is all of God's promises fulfilled. Will they see what it was truly the goodness of God in the death of the Son of God and believe that its purpose is for their death to sin and rising to new life in Him. But for now, they are still blinded by their false expectations and confused hope. So it's been said that the problem with the gospel is not that it is too complicated, but really that it's just too simple. Christ Jesus is the strong right arm of God, and he has come to redeem his people. His shed blood is for your forgiveness. He rose again so that you will too have resurrection. But that can't be all of it. There's got to be more. Something more, something to do, or some complicated dogma to memorize in my ivory tower, like the pastors and theologians. Or maybe some steps 
or hoops to jump through. Something more than the shed blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And where there is forgiveness, there is eternal life and salvation. That's how we cloud our vision. That's how we lose sight and not understand what Jesus is saying today. But not with the blind beggar. When he heard the crowd going by, he inquired what this meant, the commotion. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, and he cried out in faith, seeing him for who he is, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he said it two times. He may have been blind physically, but he was not blind spiritually. His eyes were wide open. At the name of Jesus, he confessed him to be the son of David and pleaded to him for that promised mercy. Now, he didn't know exactly what mercy Jesus would have upon him, but he knew that it would be good. He knew that this son of David would have mercy. And then Jesus stopped and asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Your seeing me for who I am (laughs) has made you well. Your trust in me is what has resulted now in your earthly healing. You might even say it this way. Your Jesus has made you well. You see, with Jesus' statement, the connection between eyes and faith is made. Believing and seeing go together. But do you notice the order of things? Seeing did not give him faith, but rather hearing. Only then was his sight restored. First, he heard, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Jesus, that means the Lord saves. He believed, and then he saw. But first with eyes of faith, and then only with earthly eyes. So also for us. First we hear the word of God, the testimony of Moses and the prophets and the evangelists, all that had been written about the Son of Man man by the prophets. And then we believe the testimony. Having faith, we see Jesus for who he is. And he gives us sight to see him then. And then like the seeing again man, this faith that God has worked in us, this seeing that comes through hearing, it has its fruit. Like the blind man, he got up, he followed God, he was his disciple, and he glorified him. To believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting begins by hearing what the eyewitnesses have spoken to you. And then by the power of the Spirit, you believe this word to be true for you. And then, believing, you, like the blind man, have followed Jesus here to his holy habitation, to hear his word, to be blessed, to receive from him the gifts that he gives. Thus, in all this way, God the Father, through the Spirit, have opened your eyes to behold the glory of the Son of God, full of grace and truth. And thereby, seeing, you believe, and you are saved. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen.